I was used to going to work, being a driver, being, you know, an employer, job descriptions, performance reviews, contracts, contracts, and then if somebody doesn't do a good job, you demote them or fire them. For me, it was, I kind of thought, I have a job description in my mind, and I'm evaluating your performance, and so I literally said, yeah, if you work for me, I would have fired you a long time ago. And you said, I don't work for you. Yeah, you said that's the problem. I'm not your employee, I'm your wife. And the difference was, I was thinking of marriage like a contract, which is very different than a covenant. Well, howdy, Mark and Grace here with the Real Marriage Podcast. I am in a good mood today. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of work ahead. <laughs> I know we do. So, uh, what we are doing is a series of episodes on different couples in Genesis. And uh, we've got a free uh, resource for you as well. They'll tell you about if you want to go through Genesis with us. But this is our final episode talking about Noah and his wife. We don't even know her name. So do you want to name her? We came up with a name in the last episode. And we don't remember what that was Mm -hmm. because we're 51 (laughs) and you forget things. And so uh, with Noah and his wife, uh, what we wanted to talk about is... In Genesis chapter 9, and if you don't know the story, uh, Noah was told by God, hey, a flood is coming. I'm going to judge all the sinners, build a boat. He goes home to his wife. That had to be a weird day. Hey, babe, God spoke to me, said to build a boat in the middle of the desert. It's never rained, and uh, and God's going to save us and our kids. And she probably wanted to have him drug tested. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here, breathe in this inhaler here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here, yeah, blowing this too. We're going to see what your blood alcohol level is before we decide whether or not we're going to go get some gopher wood. And um, so then what happens is they spend 120 years building the boat. It's Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives. Eight people, four couples in total, enter into the ark. That's the story. And animals. And yeah, a couple animals. And um, <laughs> Genesis 9 introduces a word that is massive for the Bible and for marriage and its covenant. This whole concept of covenant first gets introduced uh, in Genesis 5 with Noah. So God says, behold, I'll establish my covenant with you. Then he says again, I'll establish my covenant with you. He says the sign of the covenant and then the sign of the covenant. And I'll remember my covenant and it'll be an everlasting covenant, and then the sign of the covenant. So just in Genesis 9, uh, verses 8 through 17, the word covenant appears seven times. Wow. And so what we're going to talk about is covenant. So I'm going to ask you a dangerous question, and you could be honest but not too honest here on the Real Marriage Podcast. What is possibly the dumbest thing I've ever said to you in our now 30 years of marriage? <laughs> I mean, there's so many candidates. Oh, there's so I'm many. Gonna, Let me I'm think. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to go out for lunch and you can just ruminate on the options and then we'll choose one. That uh, if I worked for you, you would fire me. Okay. I, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but when you've been married for 30 years, you, you just come to agreement on cer- certain stupid things that you've done. So yeah, one of the dumbest things I ever said, and there's tons and of And I didn't laugh when it happened either. I only laugh now because I've forgiven. <laughs> That'll be our next episode. How not to stab your husband in the liver for being a jackalope. Okay. So uh, I looked at you and I was used to going to work, being a driver, being, you know, an employer, job descriptions, performance reviews, 
Contracts. Contracts. And then if somebody doesn't do a good job, you demote them or fire them. So I, I didn't, uh, somehow in my heart. Don't try and justify it. Yeah. Okay. I won't. I won't. <laughs> so thank you for backing me out of that suicide mission I was on there. Um, so for me, it was, I kind of thought I have a job description in my mind and I'm evaluating your performance. And so I literally said, yeah, if you work for me, I would have fired you a long time ago. And you said, I don't work for you. Yeah, you said that's the problem. I'm not your employee. I'm your wife. And the difference was I was thinking of marriage like a contract, which is very different than a covenant. You were also a newer believer. So thank you for giving me an excuse. Yeah. And I was an idiot. So, you know, there were variables. So um, I want to explain uh, in your own words, and then I'll, I'll get into some technicalities. How would you explain the difference between a, a relationship that's based on a contract versus one that's based on a covenant? Well, I mean, just like you said, a contract is something that you agree upon, something that you will do for each other and exchange for. It's more of a professional mm-hmm. relationship, business relationship. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not based on emotion. It's based on performance. A covenant is something you commit to whether or not someone else does it, but it's a covenant. It's a, an agreement between you that you will abide by this because you actually care and want good for the person. And I think about it like there was a, there's a couple that we know and love and they've been married for years and his health has deteriorated and he's home and he's, he's bedridden and he's on oxygen and his wife is loving and caring for him. Um, not because of a contract, but because of a covenant. Like you wouldn't do that for your pool cleaner or for your landscaper or for your mechanic. Right. You wouldn't say, well, you can live at my house and I'm going to change your bedpan. Mm-hmm. You do that for a covenant, not for a contract. And so a covenant is for a personal relationship. A contract is for a professional relationship. So a covenant, and there's different covenants in the Bible. There's the Noahic covenant, Abrahamic, Mosaic, Davidic, New Covenant, But the Bible uses uh, numerous words hundreds of times, and it all talks about God's loving kindness. And a definition of covenant would be this, the consistent, ever faithful, relentless, constantly pursuing, lavish, extravagant, unrestrained, one-way love of God. So the relationship that we have with God, contract or covenant, which is it? Covenant. It's a covenant. Um, this is the difference between Christianity and other religions. Most other religions see relationship with God as a contract. You need to do all these things and then he'll have a relationship with you. In Christianity, Jesus did everything. We receive grace. It's a covenant relationship, not a contract relationship. It's, it's not based upon our performance. It's not like every day God gives us a performance review. And if we didn't do our job, then, you know, we're kicked out of the family and he disowns us. Um, traditional vows are based more on covenant. They can sound contractual, but they're based more on a covenant because they go above and beyond the normal. So for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and sickness and health. So it's trying to get us to the place of we're not just checking a box. We're actually going beyond just loving a person. And no matter what their situation, we're going to be in relationship with them. That's a great observation. It is true. I hadn't thought about it. But yeah, the traditional vows are really pushing toward Covenant. Covenant. Mm -hmm. And there's a kid's Bible. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. We read it it a lot to our kids growing up, and they loved it. 
but it talks about God's covenant love. So God has a general love for all people in the whole world. God loved the whole world, but he has a specific, unique, and more narrow love for his children. That's covenant love. And the Jesus Storybook Bible calls it the never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love, which I love that line. And different English translations will call it love, loving kindness, mercy, steadfast love, loyal love, devotion, commitment, reliability. One of the root issues, problems, and we had it, or I should say I had it, <laughs> was going into marriage thinking contractually instead of covenantally. And this is where especially for men, I think it's very hard for men not to constantly think contractually because we do business. We're usually at work. We're negotiating deals. We're always trying to get the most and give the least and get the best deal. And so a lot of guys will win at work and lose at home because contract works at work, but how does it work at home? Yeah. And like I said, you were a new believer and you hadn't you weren't a christian growing up but you did go to a church that also it was catholic it, it was more works orientation yes it encouraged more, the yeah. contractual and so that's what you those are kind of some of the pieces that we w- were able to articulate as we process that comment where does that come from and how do we get rid of that and so we had to kind of analyze where that started and I think, yes, for men, it is easier to think more contractually because they have a lot of those types of relationships. But it also came out of the Catholicism that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. And then you became a Christian later and realized and started to understand God's grace, which is covenant. And so that was a very big piece for you to kind of get your head around and try and understand. It's hard to receive grace. So. Well, and one of the things that was really helpful to me to understand God's covenant love and a covenant relationship with God is becoming a dad. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at your kid, I mean, if you look at your kid and you think, we're going to have a contractual relationship, I mean, awful, terrible. Don't have kids. Yeah. um, (laughs) But you look at like, you know, held our daughters. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I'm going to be committed to you no matter who you are. Yes. And... I'm going to give to you and I'm not going to take from you. That's covenantal. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way, um, you know, with a general contractor. (laughs) General contractor shows up like, here's the contract. Like, I need you to go do these projects and they need to be done by this time. And it's going to cost this amount. And if you don't do it, I'm not going to pay you. Mm -hmm. With the the daughter, it's like, well, I surrender all. (laughs) You know, just start singing the song. Like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. And so... um, the difference between a covenant and a contract is really the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy marriage. And is a contract bad? No, you need to have contracts in this world. For business, mm-hmm. for finance, for investment. Like if you're going to go buy a house, don't Any just... Any kind of professional relationship, you should have some sort of a contract. Yeah. But um, in marriage, it's covenant. Mm-hmm. And so here's a couple of differences between uh, contract and covenant. A contract is between two people... A covenant is between three people. God's involved. Amen. A contract, uh, I seek my will. In a covenant, we seek God's will. Mm -hmm. So in a contract, there's always a negotiation. One person wants this, one person wants that, and there's a wrestle. In a covenant, it's not what do you want or what do I want. It's we seek the Lord's will. What does he want? What does that look like just practically in marriage? Well, I mean, any... 
we've done that in any big decisions we've made. Um, there's certainly, we have our opinions, we have strong opinions usually, um, but we come together wanting what God's best is for us, not just what I think is best for us or what you think is best for us. And so even moving to Arizona, we've talked about that illustration a lot, but that was a decision that, you know, we knew God called us to Arizona ultimately but we had to walk through that process to get yeah. to what God's will was. You wanted to move somewhere else. I wanted to stay, but I knew God called us out. So I knew that wasn't an option. So just wrestling through all that and understanding that, you know, I want God's best for you and for us and you wanted the same. And so that's a covenant. You're not just looking out for yourself. Well, and in a contract, it's always like one side is trying to... Mm-hmm kind of manipulate manipulate and win Mm -hmm. and in a covenant it's like actually we want to do god's will and i want what's best for my spouse um in a contract you serve me in a covenant we serve each other Mm -hmm. so you know for example you hire a professional to do some task or pay your taxes put a new roof on your house shoe closet yeah put in a shoe closet you just leaked a little bit there (laughs) So we just did have, so since we're talking about what a great husband I am, I think this would be a good time to, because we just assassinated my character. Here's where we resurrect it. We're going to have our Easter Sunday for my character. Um, we can show the progress that you've made. Yeah, we have made progress. So uh, for our 30th wedding anniversary, I really wanted to get you a shoe closet because that's your love language. Shelves for an area in our house that we're not using. There you go. That'll become a shoe closet. Yes. Or as some would call it, Uh, an idolatrous (laughs) shrine which you have in your office (laughs) books yeah i do i have way more books than you have shoes okay so in a contract uh you serve me in a covenant we serve each other in a contract performance is recorded did you do the job did you do it on time did you do it for budget in a covenant no record of wrongs is kept. And this is Corinthians. Paul says that love doesn't keep a record of wrong. Yep. Uh, because what you'll use in a contract is if someone fell short, you're going to use that for leverage and negotiating to advance yourself. But in a covenant, it's like, I love you. We're one. We're not two. I'm not going to use this against you. In a contract, failure is punished. If you don't do your job, you're fired, demoted. In a covenant, Failure was punished at the cross. Mm-hmm. Jesus died. Amen. And his performance is perfect. Our performance is going to fall short. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not punishment when we fall short. There's forgiveness because mm-hmm. Jesus was punished. In a contract, it's a win-lose. It's always one's trying to win, one's trying to lose. In a covenant, it's a win-win. I want you to win. You want me to win. I'm trying to take care of you. You're trying to take care of me. I want to serve you. Uh, you want to serve me. It's not that way in a contract. And what you get in a contract, you get a professional relationship. And what you get in a covenant, you get a personal relationship. What happens to a marriage if the husband, let's say the husband and the wife both slip into that contract mindset. I got a job description for you. You got a job description for me. And we're constantly doing performance reviews on each other. Well, I mean, bitterness and resentment sets in pretty quickly because you are going to fail. You'd be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel used by each other instead of honored and appreciated by each other. Because if you feel like you're not measuring up or they're not measuring up one of the two, it's just a constant battle. 
And, uh, and eventually what happens is one person sort of wins mm-hmm. the contract war and the other that person loses the marriage and then loses mm-hmm. the marriage. So you can, you can win the performance review and lose the relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It happens all the time. It happens. That's yeah. why we have a high divorce rate. Yeah. And so our relationship with God is a covenant mm-hmm. and that's what it says in Genesis nine. It's the beginning of an understanding of relational covenants and covenantal relationships. And then our marriage with our spouse has to be covenantal. Mm-hmm. So y- you can be honest. So when we were first married, do you think I did more contractual or covenantal with the kids? Uh, covenantal. And then more contractual or covenantal with you? Contractual. More contractual. I think that most men are like me. We go to work Mm -hmm. and it's contractual. We come home. We start with our wife. It's contractual. We have our kids. They get covenantal. Mm -hmm. How frustrating is this for the wife if she's like, he is capable of a covenantal (laughs) relationship, even with people that have his last name? That's pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it caused me to want to figure it out and... Obviously, we caused pain to each other that didn't help early on. And I think that's when you start to get into contract. It's like you put up a wall and that's the contract. Well, if they're not going to do that, then I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, they're going to treat me this way, then I'm going to treat them this way. You start to build walls and they're, they're kind of like inner well, yeah, And I'm and not going to serve you unless you serve me. Yeah. I'm not going to take care of you unless you take. And then it becomes punishment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, you know. We had to stop at some point in there along our journey and realize this wasn't building a relationship. This was tearing a relationship up. We knew we were both capable of it, of being covenantal um, with others. And so, yeah, it really pointed us to, it could have destroyed our marriage, but instead the Holy Spirit convicted us and showed us that there's something broken here and we got to get this figured out so we don't keep harming each other more out of our own pain and we got to rip up this contract that we have in our mind for each other. And so uh, maybe in closing, if it is a contractual marriage instead of a covenantal marriage, what are some of the things that are used as rewards and punishments to try and get the best deal terms and negotiate? Does money get used? Yeah, money gets used. Um, Does sex sex get used? used, Chores gets used. The kids get used. um, Friendships. Emotional intimacy, Mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. You know, like, well, if you're not going to do what I say, then you're going to get the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't do what I say, you're not going to get any sex. Mm -hmm. Well, if if I'm not going to get any sex, well, then you're not going to get any dinner. And when you see that kind of reward and punishment and control mechanisms and people and things being weaponized for the negotiation. Yeah, it's a bitter root. Yeah, because once you're in that mindset, there's no way to make it healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you literally have to dig up the root and you have to both acknowledge what you're doing to each other. And I think it was easier for me to see yours. It was probably easy for you to see mine, but we needed to stop seeing each other's and look at our own. Well, now close to this. So, um, so one of the guys is on TV and has done a lot of marriage stuff over the years is Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. He's not a, I don't think he's a doctor, but his background is negotiating corporate deals. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a corporate negotiator for contracts. Mm-hmm. And he took that 
framework to marriage. He's like, what do you want? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And he, if you watch the show, and I'm not saying you should, but if you've ever seen this, I don't even know if it's still on. Yeah, I don't I even don't, know if I there's no still idea. TV I anymore. No I don't idea. know. We're just watching alone <laughs> on Prime. I don't know what else is on. But, um, but he would get both sides to sort of say, here's what I want. And then he would literally negotiate it like mm-hmm. a contract. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens if you even go to counseling or read books or seek marital help from people who don't have a covenant relationship with God. They don't even have a category for covenant relationship. Mm -hmm. So they reduce everything down to almost like prostitution. Like I'll pay you this much or give you this much if you'll do X, Y, or Z. It's like, that's a crazy marital relationship. And it's not the relationship that God has with his people. Yeah. I mean, there, there is give and take though. So there's a way to do it that, yeah, there's, it shouldn't be manipulative negotiation. You can negotiate without manipulating and actually care about someone and want what's good for them while still giving and taking, you know. I think there's a difference between serving and negotiating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So negotiating is if I give, what do I get? Mm-hmm. And serving is I want to take care of you, you want to take care of me, and the heart is more pure in that relationship. Yep. yep. Cool. So that's Noah and his wife, the beginning of covenantal relationships. I'll pray for you, Father God, for the for the folks who are listening. Maybe it's people that they're really good at contracts. They do accounting, they do HR, they do legal, they do business negotiations, they do real estate. God, they're really good at contracts. That's not a bad thing. Uh, But God, if we take that mindset home to our spouse, we're going to break our marriage. And God, we want to win at work. So help us be good with contracts, but we want to win at home and and in marriage. So help us to be good with covenant. And uh, God, thank you that just seven times in a few verses right there in the midst of Noah and his wife's marriage, God keeps telling them, our relationship is a covenant seven times. And then God, that sets the framework for the covenant of marriage. And so God is your children. We thank you that you've given us a grace-based forgiving way of doing relationship with you so that we can have that same kind of relationship with our spouse. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah.